Garby. Hello, Jules. How are you going, mate? Looking forward to uh, stepping into Simon tonight. Should be fun. It should be. Oh, my goodness. There's plenty to talk about. Well, well, let's start with this game this morning. You know, Pochettino against his old club and the man that uh, has managed to somehow get buy-in from the Spurs faithful. They took the lead early and then it all came apart after that. Yeah, I mean, it was building up to be a crazy game. Tottenham unbeaten, sitting top of the table, Chelsea... Their London rivals trying to get their act together despite the billions spent, despite finding uh, an astute manager, Mauricio Pochettino. It had the makings of a tempestuous encounter, and that's what followed. But unfortunately, the unravelling was all on the the Spurs side of the equation. And uh, when they lost Romero early on for a red card, I mean, silly tackle. I know he gets the ball, but he follows through with far too much vigour. He lost his head just before that. It was coming. Yeah, that put Spurs on the back foot. Uh, Adogi made some silly tackles. He copped a second yellow. He's then gone in the second half. And uh, from there, it was always going to be difficult for Spurs, who kept trying to play the same way. That mm. was the big talking point out of the game. We often see it when a team goes down to 10 and they're nine men. You know, they put the low block in. They park the bus. They try to somehow salvage a point. And Foster Cogley said, no, nah, no matter what the situation... We play the same way. And it's all about trying to instill that mentality at Spurs that has served them well over the first three months. So I get the theory. And uh, unfortunately, it fell apart late on from a Tottenham point of view. But uh, a big win for Chelsea. Um, but plenty of talking points to come out of it. Yep, a hat-trick too to Nicholas Jackson. You know, it's interesting. People are starting to learn the Ange way. He, he's come out in interviews and said, you know, we... We don't do plan B. This is not how we are. If we're down to five men, we'd still be defending with a high line. And, and, and a lot of Spurs fans afterwards go up and say, look, we're proud of the effort they put in. It was always going to be tough and they're going to be up against it with, with nine men. You mentioned that Romero thing. I, yeah, I, I know we got the ball first. I'm probably 50-50 as to whether that was a red in the end. But the concern now for Spurs, uh, crucially for them, the injuries to, to Van Der Ven and Madison. Yeah, exactly right. So we knew this would happen at some stage, that Ange would have a test and that Tottenham would have some hurdles and speed bumps in the road and uh, we'd be seeing just how deep their squad is and whether they can get through it. Well, that's all come at once. So is that a blessing in disguise that they can deal with it all at once or is it really going to harm them? We'll wait and see. They've lost their two first-choice centre-backs, Mero, for three games and then Van der Ven looks like he could be out for a while. The mm. hamstring injury looks serious. A dogie's out, suspended as well. And now James Madison's got an ankle problem. Didn't look too serious, but he's obviously a, a hugely influential player for them. The next three games are tricky. They've got Wolves away. They've got City coming up in a couple of weeks. That's after an international break, so maybe the week off helps them. But uh, we're going to see just what uh, Ange is able to do with the squad that isn't overly deep just yet. Still very much in the infancy of his time there at Spurs. So... Yeah, we knew this would happen, um, but I think there's enough momentum for them to get through it in a stable state. Uh, but it's going to be a big test for him. Tottenham fans have been prepared for this, though. Indeed. And afterwards, he was asked about the, the refereeing, and he said, I always grew up learning to accept the referee's decision, so I'm not going to make a comment. Uh, we, we roll on. Compare that to, of course, Mikel Arteta after that controversial loss by his Arsenal to, to Newcastle. I, I, granted, he had something to complain about, but um, another loss there for, well, not another, I should say, the first loss there for Arsenal. Yeah, and look, it was refreshing from Ange, and he probably seized the moment a bit. I mean, it's been combustible with the referees so far this season. Jurgen Klopp, we, you know, Liverpool got dealt a very harsh blow with a ridiculous VR decision that was just 
human error. Um, but he was calling for a replay, which was slightly over the top. And then Arteta coming out with his lambasting of the referees yesterday. I think Andrew realised it was an opportunity to just calm things down a little bit. And he probably curries some favour from the football public as a result. Um, didn't have as much of an argument about the decisions Tottenham as, uh, as Arsenal may have. But still, to come out and say, you know, we just accept the decision, mm. everyone makes mistakes, and whether it's right or wrong, you move on. Now, I think everyone just likes hearing that after what Arsenal delivered in the last 24 hours about Tedder's comments and then a statement following. And uh, yeah, again, it's the perspective of Ange and that approach from the outside of the Premier League that fans and pundits are really enjoying. And so uh, I think he wins more supporters as a result of that, um, even if he may have felt that uh, things could have gone the other way. Uh, Vernie, unfortunately, Garvey got about a minute and a half left. I'll get a very quick word. Uh, Luton, Liverpool, gee, Luton almost pulled off a hell of an upset. Yeah, but uh, it was disappointing from Liverpool. Ultimately, they had a good chance through Darwin Nunez, horrible miss, 1-0 down, and then uh, Luis Diaz scores for them, which... Uh, you know, it's, a, it's two points dropped. You should go to Luton and get three if you're a team challenging for the title, which Liverpool are. So they'll, they'll live to rue that. Um, just on the global game, big one tonight, Jules, of course. And we'll be talking with Alex Bross, Sydney FC legend, about the removal of Steve Corrick or yeah. Sydney FC coach. So make sure you tune into that tonight because to get Alex Bross' opinion on it is going to be fascinating indeed. And uh, it's a very big managerial change in the A-League following on from Melbourne City sacking Rado Vitisic last week. Yes, yeah, so I've had two already gone so far this season. Great servant of the Sky Blues, you know, back-to-back championships, uh, regardless of what's happened, I guess, last season and for the start of this season. Uh, he'll go down as a legend of the club. Yeah, undoubtedly. But um, the start of the season wasn't good enough. You can understand why the change has been made. I thought he might get a couple more weeks, but... Uh, to go zipping three over your first three games when you've got a derby coming up and another tough game this week against Melbourne City. Yep, I can... Um, sorry, not against Melbourne City, but another tough game this week uh, coming up against Adelaide. You can understand why that decision's been made. So, uh, yeah, a big change at the Sky Blues. And to get Alex Bross' opinion on it tonight will be... Uh, must listen radio. We'll be tuning in tonight uh, in the chair for Simon Hill alongside Alex Bross, the global game. Good on you, Garby. Thanks, mate.